Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Our sponsor for this episode is UFA Cooperative. When the business of agriculture can't stop, UFA helps you get it done. There are no days off, and when every second counts, UFA has what you need, when and where you need it. Buy online and pick up in store, now available. Visit ufa.com and get what you need, all from the palm of your glove. This episode is hosted by Peter Bodeway. Peter manages strategy and partnerships for an innovative alliance of energy companies committed to reducing environmental impacts through collaborative R&D efforts. Peter worked for more than 20 years in Asia, building and investing in a variety of businesses. His most recent role outside of Canada was with the World Wildlife Fund, where he was the chief executive officer of WWF China, based in Beijing. Prior to that, Peter lived in Hong Kong for 15 years working in the technology industry. Without further ado, let's get right to Peter's conversation with Tamara Luzel. Take it away, Peter. Thanks, Al. Hi, my name is Peter Bodeway, and I'll be your host of today's Rainforest podcast. Today's guest is Tamara Luzel. She's the CEO and founder of Cindergraze, a Calgary-based company operating in the ag space. So welcome, Tamara. Thank you, Peter, for having me. So it's really great to have you here. I know that we've... Sort of, we met actually prior to to COVID, and I think we've been trying to c- connect and get online for a while. So it's really good to have you here. So we'll just start off. I mean, tell us a little bit about Cindergraze and, and what problem are you trying to solve? We are working to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from cattle. As a byproduct of their digestion, cattle belch methane, which is about 25 times more potent as a greenhouse trapping gas than is carbon dioxide. And cattle produce about the equivalent carbon emissions as the entire global transportation sector. The same as every car, truck, train, plane, and ship on the planet combined each year. So we are focusing on creating a cattle feed additive that is capable of reducing methane emissions from cattle by approximately 90%. That's great. So tell what what is it? So what is the actual product? Yeah, so it's a natural product, which is very exciting. So it's a natural algae-based product And of the 4.9 million head of cattle here in Alberta, having just 20% of them on this additive would reduce carbon emissions equivalent to taking a million cars off the road each year. Okay. So, so when we talk about it's an algae base, so where, where is it actually coming from? Because that's, I think, is a really intriguing thing about the technology. Where do you source the algae from? So we are actually building a production facility here in Canada, and we are tank cultivating the algae ourselves. So it originally, it obviously comes from the ocean. It is a marine species, but we are tank cultivating and processing, then getting to cattle producers here in Canada. Great. So, so just want to explore that a bit. So in terms of cattle feed, I mean, you know, a dairy cow, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but can eat 20, 25 kilograms of, of sort of a feed a day. What's the feed? How does it actually work? What are you actually doing to, to add this to their food? What does it look like? The best analogy is a supplement pill or a little powder that we're just sprinkling into their food. It's less than 1% of their daily diet is this algae-based additive. So it just gets mixed in. So if you're at a feedlot, it's just getting mixed into their 
daily ration by weight and they just eat their food the way they normally would. So there's no change in their feeding protocol. Cool. So so let me let me ask you about a little bit of the business drivers, because I know that like in markets like California, they've mandated sort of a 40 percent reduction in emissions from livestock. Right. So by I think whatever, 2030, you know, and California has some of the largest dairy herds in in North America. But what's happening in Canada and the rest of the world with regards to sort of methane reduction? What's the, you know, where where are we going? Well, you mentioned California, which is interesting because it is the very first jurisdiction on the planet to mandate methane emission reductions in cattle. Those new legislative requirements kick in beginning in 2024. And there's a lot of cattle producers in California that are really scrambling and desperately searching for solutions because a 40% reduction is is big. And uh, there's not a lot of solutions out there that can offer that. So a lot of them are spending millions on anaerobic digesters to reduce the methane from the manure piles, where our solution is going to be a fraction of the cost and far more effective if you're getting up to a 90%. So in Canada, we don't have any legislation driving reductions, but we do have incentives around, particularly in Alberta, around a carbon credit protocol for the reduction of methane in cattle. So it's a voluntary protocol. So that exists. And other jurisdictions within Canada, other provinces, as well as the federal government are also closely examining having such similar protocols uh, in their arsenal, which I think will definitely drive and incent methane reductions in cattle production facilities. Great. So so obviously it's a, it's a great solution. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your sort of entrepreneur journey. And it's interesting because like I said, we had met at, uh, you were pitching, I think it was the Foresight event. You reminded me it was 2019. I thought it was 2020, but you know, it's that long ago. It's a year and a half ago, longer than that. And when we, you know, when we met, you had pitched and you went out and all of a sudden COVID hit. So what's happened in the year and a half since since you, you came out of the Cleantech Accelerator? Yeah. And that was a wonderful experience, actually, that, that uh, Foresight platform, Calgary Cleantech Accelerator was great to really get me focused and and thinking about things we could be doing as a as a company, and then you're right, COVID hit, and I really focused our efforts on raising funds, developing our get to market plan, and uh, during that period of time, we we did apply for the ERA emission reduction Alberta. They had a challenge in food farming and forests, and we were a successful applicant in that. So yeah, we really focused on raising money and getting our plans together, and and now we're off to the races and. And building a facility. That's great. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think, I mean, you know, you say you won and I know how much blood, sweat and tears goes into this size of application. But just to be clear, I mean, from what was posted on the ERA website, you you were awarded $5 million on a twenty potential $20 million project, right? So firstly, congratulations. Okay, sorry, $15 million project. So and that's, that's huge, right? So so and congratulations on that, because I know how hard it is to apply for those and, and, and to be successful. So can you tell me a little bit about so so what what is this the the cattle additives project? And, and what impact will this have on your business? Well, our, our I mean, our entire company is focused on this cattle additive. So as I mentioned before, is LG based feed additive, you know, the impact of the ERA grant, greatly accelerates our timeline to market and really got things going for us in terms of, you know, provide, you know, other 
potential investors making the decision finally to to get in. And like I said, it really enabled our pathway to commercialization. And we have a, a three-year project outline that will have a first first level commercial scale production facility that will be producing about 460 tons per year dry weight of our feed additive getting to market. So, so that, that's great. So if I understand correctly, I mean, the funding will be used to build the first of its kind facility to actually grow and produce the algae. And so for, and you said 460 tons a year dry weight. So, I mean, how much, how many, you know, is this enough for the Alberta market, the Canadian market? How, how big is that, you know, at the end of three years, when you get to commercialization, what does that mean? Yeah. So that 460 tons a year will feed enough cattle to result in a 78,000 tons per year reduction in carbon dioxide equivalent from cattle and feedlots. That's great. That's great. So, I mean, is the plan then, I mean, if this is successful, then you actually grow more facilities or you you then sort of scale, correct? This is really the, the you're proving the ability to scale this technology. Exactly. So then we would scale up from there and also increase the number of size of the facilities and and uh, work on our formulations. There is active ingredients, so we can also be looking at increasing the concentrations of active ingredients. So there's a number of fronts we're looking at, to, yeah, for expansion. No, that's great. That's great. So, and and it's a three-year project then. And you're where are you building the facility? Uh, so we we have activities in both BC and Alberta, and our focus uh, for our market, our commercial rollout market, is here in, in Alberta. And like I said, we are a we are an Alberta-based company. But we do need access to the ocean. So uh, we do have some facilities out in BC as well. So tell me a little bit about that, because I am interested. I mean, you know, you say you, you you harvest it from, is it you're harvesting it from the ocean and then you're growing it at the facility. Is that correct? Uh, so we have seed stock uh, that's been sourced and, and everything pretty much happens on on tanks uh, in the facility. Oh, so you don't have to go back. It's not a continuous thing. You You can sort of get it and grow from there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your your sort of personal journey. I'm interested to know a little bit. I mean, you're now, because again, when we met you a year and a half ago, I know the CEO is sometimes a lonely job, right? So so what's what's the biggest challenge, I guess, about being a CEO, you know, especially during COVID? I mean, what has been your biggest challenges? Biggest challenges? Well, honestly, it's been pretty exciting. I've been pretty invested in this project for, for a number of years. So as things started to get moving, it's just been, it's been pretty exhilarating. So, you know, it's been a, you know, a wonderful journey actually. And and then putting together a team and, you know, having a team that everybody works well together and, and is, is, is running on all cylinders. It's, it's all been really quite exciting, <laughs> you know, because it was a couple of years to get things uh, funded. And that was really the biggest challenge. So once once that fell into place, everything else has just been running on 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 full fill. So, so how many staff do you have now, Tamara? There's about there's six of us right now, and there's kind of a, a core group. We will be expanding that as well. Actually, probably within the next month or two, we'll be looking for for more folks. But. Yeah, it really went from one to six. <laughs> so it's interesting. I mean, I, I am, you know, because you said you've been working on this for a few years. So where, like, can you tell me a little bit about sort of how did this start? Because, I mean, I met you already in your journey when you were at the Foresight Accelerator. Where did it start? I mean, you've been at this a few years. Can you tell us a little bit more about where it originated? Well, so so my background's environmental science within the Faculty of Agriculture at University of Alberta. So I always had this interest. I come from a ranching family. So I always had this interest in environmental science, 
but also connected to agriculture and, and other things. I spent a number of years working with Indigenous communities on on environmental training and community capacity building. I had come across some research by actually a Canadian researcher who did it, who had his initial discoveries, so Dr. Rob Kinley, here in Canada uh, while he was at Dalhousie University and had published some work around the connection between algae and seaweeds and methane reduction. And there's lots of algaes that will have a small impact on methane reduction in cattle, approximately, you know, say around 15% or so. But then he discovered one particular species that had a, he was testing in vitro at that time, that had a 99% reduction. And that's what really kicked off this whole area and uh, really a lot of excitement because because there's so much uh, carbon dioxide equivalent greenhouse gases that come from the cattle production sector, there was re- there's really a lot of people around the planet investing resources and time and energy into this. So when, once he made that discovery, it, it definitely fueled development. It is a species that nobody has ever commercially grown before. So there are technical and scientific challenges to be developing and growing this. And uh, so I had just reached out after reading the research and, and was saying, hey, I'd be really interested in commercializing this over here in Canada and kept that relationship going. And now here it is five years later and we're finally building a production facility. So five years. Yeah. So we always hear of overnight successes, but usually it is five years. So, you know, it does take a while. So I can appreciate that. So, so I guess is, you know, again, five years you've gone through, I know the, like we said, the foresight accelerator, and now you've won the ERA funding. If you're going to look back and go, Hey, if I did it again, you know, what would you do differently? Well, honestly, I don't think, I, I think everything like the timing just really fell into place for everything. So I'm not sure there was anything I could have done differently. I mean, getting also involved with the, the clean tech accelerator was, was a huge benefit. Maybe that'd be one thing if I, you know, if you give suggestions to other people that are in startups, like, like getting involved with that type of uh, accelerator and support was something that was very beneficial. Well, let's explore that. I mean, because did you find that or was, were you recommended to go into that? How did you, you know, firstly, how did you find the Foresight Accelerator? You know what? I was at the, the technology awards event at SAIT, just meeting people. And actually, I, and, I, and this is horrible. I can't even remember the name of the woman, but I was just, just somebody I had met there that evening. A lady uh, was telling me what I do. And she's like, oh, do you know about the Foresight Accelerator? And so made some introductions and I applied immediately and yeah, I was accepted. And it was the first time the Foresight and Platform had done a, a clean tech program. And so, yeah, it was it was a really good experience and connects you with other CEOs and startups in a similar space. Challenges. Yeah, yeah. So are you still in contact with some of them? Are you still working, I guess, with, with the Foresight Accelerator? Or how does that, how has that evolved after you've sort of completed the program? Yeah, so I'm still connected with folks from that program and the, and the you know, Foresight itself. And uh, yes, she had a couple of communications yesterday with one of the other fellow CEOs from that program. <laughs> So it's been great. Well, that's good. That's good. So I guess is I did want to ask you, are you looking for investors, right? Because I know that after coming out, when I met you a year ago, you were, but now you've got this great project with ERA. So where are you on that front? Well, so we we have successfully raised dollars and we're you know fully funded for the next 18 months or so. And then we'll be looking for investors after that, for that time period going forward. 
And so, yeah, always happy to chat with interested potential investors. And we'll be definitely making an effort to be bringing in more investment uh, in that 18 month window. So can I ask, I mean, looking forward, I mean, you know, where, you know, if you want to say, because obviously in three years, you're looking to have the facility built and starting to scale. So if we look forward in five years, I mean, where do you want to be with this? Well, in five years, I would really like to see good chunk of North America's cattle on an additive such as Sinegrace. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, just 20% in just our province alone is the equivalent of reducing, you know, taking a you know, million cars off the road. So if we could have 40% or even more, or if it became industry standard practice to have a, an additive such as this that can reduce 90% of our methane emissions, that really goes a long way to making a significant dent in the greenhouse gas emissions from the cattle production sector and mitigating the environmental footprint overall of, of the sector. That's great. That's great. So if listeners want to know more, what should they do? Well, they can check out our website at synergraze.com. And uh, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. Great. No, well, thanks for your time today, Tamara. I know it's been a while since we've been trying to talk. So it was great to chat today. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And for the listeners, I want to say thanks for listening. Have a great day. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode brought to you by UFA Cooperative, providing trusted advice, products, services, and solutions to help members and customers get it done. Visit ufa.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 